0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. On this Wednesday, December 6th, we are talking Royals baseball today with Jeffrey Flanagan, our Royals reporter for MLB.com. Jeffrey, as always, we thank you for the time, and uh, let's start here. Shohei Otani is going to be playing somewhere in the major leagues in 2018. <laughs> that somewhere It's not going to be in Kansas City. Uh, Shohei eliminating 23 teams from his search, and uh, unfortunately for the Royals and their fans, Kansas City, one of those 23 teams. Jeffrey, I know that certain teams had some, you know, they really had some aspirations on getting this guy. Other teams at the lower end of the scale figured it was a long shot at best. So within that spectrum, where do the Royals fall here?
1: (laughs) Uh, No chance. (laughs) Is there there a category for that? Sure. Uh, They had absolutely – They had no interest. Um, I I talked to Dayton Mora last night, and I do think they actually filled out that questionnaire, but they just were never really involved because of the posting fee. and They've they've got enough payroll issues um, right now going forward that uh, it just didn't make any sense for them. Um, They're definitely going in a different direction than most teams, and uh, a lot of it depends on whether or not they can sign Eric Hosmer, but um, I, I really don't. I don't really see them um, making a massive push to like they did last year um, where they really thought they had another run at the the postseason. I think this year is going to be a little bit different, Uh, but then you never know. We don't know what's going to happen at the the winter meetings. Um, uh, The message I've got from from ownership is that uh, they're still curious about a possible run, Uh, but they just don't know. So for for Otani, uh, it was just never going to happen.
0: Yeah, it was certainly a pipe dream at best as they've got uh, other internal issues to sort out before even uh, thinking about Otani. And again, uh, he is not going to be a Kansas City Royal in 2018. That one you can uh, take to the bank. Uh, Jeffrey, someone that is going to be a Royal in 2018 is uh, Willie Peralta. Uh, He agreed to terms with the Royals the other day after spending his entire career with the Brewers organization now, as recently as 2014, he won 17 games. He's uh, twice, yep. I believe, been an opening day starter, but really fell on uh, tough times in uh, 2017, the ERA uh, hovering around 8. So, do you see him bouncing back? And if so, what primary role could he play for this Royals team? Well, I, I think right now,
1: and I talked to Dayton about this last night, Is uh, I think right now they see him as bullpen depth and a possible swing man for the rotation, but... This is kind of typical of what, what Dayton and Moore and his staff do. I mean, they they take a guy that, you know, uh, the rest of baseball has kind of given up on, um, who still has a lot of potential. Uh, we're talking about Ryan Madsen and Joe Blanton in past years. Um, and he's another guy who fits into that category. Uh, still has a fastball that's 95 to 98. Um, we know he can get hitters out. Uh can the Royals unlock that potential and 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 make him a a, a good uh, either bullpen guy or starter again? That's the big question, but that's exactly what uh, small market teams do, and really what the what the Royals have done really well um, over the last five years. So I mean, that's the purpose of that signing. It's a very low risk signing, 1.5, uh, 2.5 5, uh, million guaranteed. Um, so, I mean, that's not going to hurt the, hurt the budget at all. Uh, so, uh, if you, if you're going to find the pro typical type of Royal sign in the off season, uh, Peralta is definitely it.
0: Yeah. I mean, he could be one of those classic, uh, change of scenery guys, uh, you know, Peralta, yep. Not getting it done in Milwaukee any longer. You know, you get a fresh start somewhere else, and you never know. I mean, I go back to Jose Bautista, who was a nobody with, <laughs> with the Pirates for a couple of years. Oh, he, boy, yeah. You know, yeah, he goes to Toronto and, and boom, becomes uh, Joey Bats, And uh, maybe a, a similar turnaround is in the cards for Willie Peralta because we all know what he can do when he's on top of his game. Uh, Jeffrey, normally we don't give a lot of time to, uh, you know, minor league signings, but this one in particular I'm so intrigued by – because of the player that it involves, a young man by the name of Terrence Gore. He's been in the big league since 2014, yet he still is seeking his first career hit, which I find astonishing. To be fair, he's only had 11 career at-bats in those four seasons in the big leagues, but – that has not prevented him from stealing a 21 bases, often deployed as a pinch runner in a late game situations, and obviously uh, coming through 21 out of 25 in the stolen base department. And uh, you gotta love the fact that his career hit total matches his uniform, which is of course zero. <laughs> so that's very fitting. Uh, as I said, he remains with the Royals on a minor league deal. And uh, what do you see for Terrence Gore here in 2018?
1: Well, let's be fair. He did get a hit in spring training. Okay. I think it was either last year or the year before that. Uh, but yeah, he, he's a fascinating story to me because um, he's been a, 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 an impact player in the postseason. Um, you know, a, a very specialist type of guy, uh, kind of like the uh, Washington was with the with the Oakland A's many many years ago, probably before uh, many of our listeners uh, were even born. But he is a guy that can steal bases uh, almost at will, and they were in a they were in a hard position with him because uh, he was out of options. And if he uh, going into spring training next year, if he did not make the team, they they would have had to uh, release a guy like that. And I think that was very going be very hard for for Dayton Moore and his staff. Um, so they non-tendered him and signed him back. I mean, within seconds. So. Uh, the the, the clock has started uh, running again on him in a good way. And I still think he has value um, with the organization because of his speed. And he's actually, I've I've had several coaches say he's gotten way better defensively than people might give him credit for. And actually last year um, he actually hit a little bit too. I mean, there's a famous YouTube uh, video of of him hitting home run. Um, he, He can do some things that you didn't expect from him maybe a few years ago and Um, The Royals have certainly not given up on him. Uh, He's a player that, that, you know, obviously he could still make the 25-man roster coming out of spring training. We don't know. Uh, But uh, he's got a lot of talent. And in baseball, uh, you can't uh, teach that kind of speed. He's just got uh, tremendous tools in terms of that. And going forward, I think uh, he he could still be a – impact player down the
0: road. Yeah, I mean, a a guy with an 84% career stolen base success (laughs) rate uh, is going to have value for any team and find a place on any 40-man roster, and the Royals are happy that it's their roster that he will find a home on for 2018, certainly. Uh, Jeffrey, a couple items uh, to begin to wrap up here. Mike Miner is no longer a Kansas City Royal. He signs a deal with the Rangers in free agency. Miner, after missing not one but two full seasons due to injury, uh, comes back in a relief role with the Royals. He was terrific, a, a 2 5 ERA and 65 appearances. Uh, how much of a loss is this for the bullpen?
1: I, I really think it's a huge loss. Um, uh, and uh, I'm sure the Royals front office is going to disagree with me a little bit here, but I, I just thought that when Mike Miner, um assumed the closer's role in mid-September and they uh, just finally realized that Kelvin Herrera was not going to be that guy, uh, he went six for six uh, in save opportunities, and he became kind of the left-handed Wade Davis in my mind, 96- um, to 98-mile-an-hour fastball, uh, a, a really uh, shut-down type of cutter. Uh, I, I, I just... Uh, I'm gonna disagree with the management here. I, I would have uh I know he signed a three year deal. I would've given those three years and just said, Hey, here here's our left handed closer uh for the near future because I'd uh, I maybe maybe I overvalued him, but I, I really thought he was a, a, a terrific addition to the bullpen last year. You know, he was signed a two year deal originally and in, in two thousand sixteen uh he was hurt most of the year but they figured out uh, in 2017 that he could not be a starter, um, mainly because he got fatigued going forward and made him a bullpen guy and, and um, was really a difference maker. I, I, I've heard the Rangers are going like, to experiment with him starting again, and I, th- I think deep down he's told me a couple times over the last uh, 12 months that he really wants to be a starter again. But uh, I, I really thought he could be a, a shutdown bullpen guy, either setup guy or a closer type, and I, I think they're going to they're going to miss him a lot more, uh, maybe than most people realize. But hey, you know, when you're a small market team, you really can't afford three-year deals for uh, I'm trying to remember what he got—24, 28, 30 million dollars stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Hard to hard to position that, but uh, he certainly did uh, a world of of good for the Royals bullpen in
0: uh, 2017. Yeah, it sure did, and like we said, after missing not one but two full seasons due to injury, uh, the Royals gave him a shot in their bullpen, and he uh, was exceptional, and uh, he's going to be yes, a good pickup uh, for the Rangers and a big hole to fill uh, for the Royals in that relief core for 2018. Jeffrey, as we uh, wrap up here, what we're doing this week with the winter meetings uh, just days away, beginning Sunday in Orlando, taking a look back at some previous uh, wheelings and dealings that the Royals had in uh, past winter meetings. So, the one that kind of sticks out uh, here is uh, back in 2012. So, take us back to five years ago. And uh, Dayton Moore making some very uh, bold moves, uh, which were perhaps uh, contrary to what some of his comrades wanted to do or what they believed was best for the Royals at that time, but Dayton stuck to his guns and acquired some pieces that would end up being, uh, you know, some foundational pieces for the uh, pennant and World Series winning teams a couple years down the road. Yeah, I
1: just just finished up a story this morning on that, and it's kind of uh, amazing and kind of humorous to uh, see what the mood was back uh, five years ago in 2012. Uh, Dayton and his staff had built this um, absolutely amazing farm system you know you're talking about Eric Hosmer Mike Mustakis and all those guys and everybody just kind of assumed that that's how you build a winner um, and, and I remember Dayton during that 2012 winter meeting he going hey look well we've got a great farm system but what does that really mean <laughs> unless we like turn into wins at the major level and so when he was you know uh, offered the trade with Tampa Bay to get James Shields and Wayne Davis and stuff like that, a lot of people thought he was absolutely crazy for trading Will Myers, who was, was his top prospect, but he kept saying, hey, the reason we have a minor league system is to make the big league system better. Right. And so uh, even though uh, he took so much grief for making that trade, that was the trade, that was the turning point. And it was actually uh, a deal that was done actually a couple of days after the winter meet ended but um, when that deal was made that was the absolute turning point uh, of this Royals organization Organization. that's when they uh, had their first winning season in 10 years in 2013 Uh, James Shields went 13 and 9 that year and I think he had a 3.15 ERA Um, and he brought a winning culture to that clubhouse and
0: we all know what happened Uh, in
1: 2014 2015 uh, they went back to back World Series and those are the type of deals you got to make. Um, you got to gamble and, and make those type of deals to, to make sure you get to the, the next level. And um, that's what he did. And, um, you know, going into this world of uh, our winter meetings, um, we might see some more, you know, uh, courageous deals, let me put it mm-hmm. that way, from, from Dayton as we go forward because uh, they're certainly at a crossroads and they have to make some, some major moves. Um, as we go forward uh, just to be uh, you know competitive maybe in 2019
0: 2020 Yeah and I, I love Dayton's uh mentality and his approach that you know what we have this uh, nice shiny farm system but if it doesn't get us any productivity at the major league level what good does it do so Exactly you and know and the great
1: thing the great thing you told me back then was hey it's not actually abolish the draft we can <laughs> we can always like sure. have more people in and restock the system. Of course. You know, uh I think a lot of uh, bloggers and a lot of national media just thought like, Oh my god, they give up Will Myers and Mike Montgomery and uh, you know, it's over. <laughs> it's, well no they'll have uh forty more guys to pick uh the next year and, and, and the year after that. So Yep. Um, He's had a good thinking more about
0: it. Yeah, that's that's why Dayton Moore does what he does and fans do what they do on their computers yeah, exactly. and, and post to Twitter. So it, 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 all, it all makes sense in the end. Uh, Jeffrey Flanagan, great stuff as always. We appreciate the time, and we'll do it again soon. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals.